Welcome to Gold. That never happened. All right. Test test. This cat is going hard. This is the animal kingdom. <laughs> and the Bruno. No, you want to come over here? Yes, we have a dog over today. Yeah. Not the first time. He's always chilling. We're like recording here. Yo, yo, yo. Hello there. Hello there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Golden Craftcast. This is your podcast talking about anything to do with movies, music, video games, entertainment, and of course, craft beer. I'm here with my co host, Sergio. That's me. And a returning guest, my brother, Javier. I like in this mission. Yes. Well, hello there. So, uh, you know, my brother's a big aficionado of all things Star Wars. We've had him on the past episode. And uh, we weren't able to do Boba yeah, really. Fett with him. So we did tell him, you know, Obi-Wan, you're in. So we're glad you're able to make it today. And I know Bruner's kind of going crazy on you. That's you know, right. I like Bruno. Bruno's cool. He's cool. He's a chill dog. No one talks about Bruno, though. Yeah. yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, we don't about talk Bruno. about Bruno. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk Maybe about Bruno. Maybe we should start. Talking about Bruno. Yes. He has rights, too. <laughs> going hard. But uh, basically, excited. today's episode is on the series Obi-Wan. Many of you Star Wars fans probably watched it already along with Boba Fett. So this is kind of adding on to our own Star Wars trilogy or whatever. I don't know what it would be called. Well, it's, uh, three of them, it's a trilogy. Yeah, with three of them, it's going to be a trilogy, but it's a series. It's a TV series. It's a run. So the Star Wars series, I guess, this is an addition to our podcast on the Star Wars series. Um, I mean, I mean, overall, should we just do like overall thoughts, like preface thoughts on the series? Um, initially, yeah, I guess. I mean, how do you guys feel like before uh, knowing that this show was going to uh, be a thing? I was excited. Yeah, I originally thought it was gonna be a movie like they did with Solo. Yeah, originally but, it was gonna be a movie. But what happened was that they didn't. Uh, unfortunately, Solo didn't do good as good as uh, they had hoped, and yeah. I think that's kind of a crime because I, I personally enjoyed that film. I actually liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't perfect, of course, but what thing is, uh, I think the fans were a little too harsh on that one, and I think to be perfectly clear, it's probably gonna. Be the same way people feel about the prequels now because people are becoming more accepting of the prequels and we're definitely going to cover on that later today i hope uh but i love the character obi-wan even ever since a new hope you just like you you listen to this man talk elegant is portraying him amazing uh you're like i want to know what this man did to become the dude that he is, like right. like super powerful, and now he's a hermit living in the middle of the desert doing nothing. And we got to see that transition with this show, and this is these are the stories that we've always, at least personally, have always really wanted to explore. I'm glad they were finally explored. I mean, I feel like just like um, everyone felt with Boba Fett, you know, how it kind of just picked off right where it left off. This one, on the other hand, doesn't. It's like several years after, you know, him having PTSD of him basically, you know, fighting his Padawan and dismembering him and turning him into a freaking Frankenstein. Yeah. And you see him almost like dealing with the trauma of him doing that 
which I thought was really interesting because you never really think about that. You feel like, you know, he's Obi-Wan, he kicked his ass, that's the end of it. But no, it like really got to him. And I think that was a humanistic thing in Obi-Wan that I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting, but was definitely part of his journey to him being where he is now and, you know, now saving Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, granted that the prequels weren't really perfect, but uh, I guess, um, I guess you would say like the best thing about it is uh, the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars series was actually like a little bit way better and had more context between like Episode Two and Three, and it really established the relationship between Obi Wan and uh, and Anakin. So I mean, of course, it makes sense for like Obi Wan to have all these feelings about the repercussions repercussions that actually happened and him having to deal with like oh like i he literally killed his brother you know in that sense so i i think this is like a uh emotional story that we're trying to build something that uh of course you didn't thought we were gonna see but uh obviously we're here now and we're seeing like you know probably one of the best like uh series or a pieces of Star Wars with Star uh, with Darth Vader, like you know, complete badass. You know? We haven't seen something like that yeah. since Rogue One, and Rogue One was like <laughs> mind blowing during that scene. Everyone flipped out. Yeah, they just wanted to see more of him kick ass and mm-hmm. kind of see what he was real, what the, what his real potential was. And we got to see that and and a lot of that during the show. That's for sure. I mean, not only do you see Darth Vader again, but you also get to see you know. Um, Ben, well, you know, like Skywalker's father is adopted dad or whatever, and his adopted mom, and you see Luke, and you see Leia, and you see um Leia's parents, and you kind of just get to remember all these characters in the series that, you know, are very important to Star Wars, and kind of their place in time within the Obi-Wan series. And I mean, just everything. I think they did show a lot of um, Luke's homeland a lot, and they did that in Boba Fett too. It just looks so clean. I think with the with the virtual production that they did, but um, all in all, we do go to some places that we 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 do see again, like Darth Vader's castle and stuff like that, the volcanic planet. That shit was dope. Mustafar. Yeah, I love that shit. That fool has a damn castle like Dracula on a fucking lava planet. That shit looks dope. Yeah. How metal is this? Not only is he living a freaking dank ass castle on top of a lava planet, but he's literally living on the planet that made him who he is now. Yeah, yeah. He's I like, mean, this is me. This is he embraced. He fully embraced it. His new self, mm-hmm. you know, by living there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I mean, let's. Uh, I mean, before anything, you know what we do? We talk about the bees. So Years. let's go ahead and crack these open. I'm not gonna drink a whole one because I'm on some ibuprofen. And I can't do that. Uh, yes. Why can't you do that? Man? Well, <laughs> let me talk to you about consumption. Um, we say on this podcast TV? a lot of times, <laughs> you know, be responsible when you drink. And this was not my best moment in time. I basically got, I slammed and I hurt my eye pretty bad. And uh, yeah, I'm taking ibuprofen for it. Luckily, there's no like, to be um, clear, you were not driving. No, I was not driving. I was not driving. I was yes. biking, which could be even worse sometimes. 
I mean, well. both of them are just as bad, but biking, fuck. I fucked myself up pretty Either bad. way, we're glad you're safe. That's yes. what matters. All right. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do a sampler. So if you guys can just pour me a little sample. Sure. Now this. Oh, lovely. yeah. Yeah, that lovely sound. Pour a little bit here. Pour what this. What are, we, what are we drinking today, gentlemen? This is uh, Weekend Vibes from Coronado Brewing. Apparently, this one won a lot of awards in 2019. I visited Coronado Brewing Company last year, and it is hands down one of my favorite breweries. Great food and just all around really good, um, really good beers, just all different kinds. They got reds, they got IPAs, they got citrus beers. They have um, one that I had with coriander in it, which was one of my favorite beers. Um, I'm trying to remember one of the popular ones that has a seal on it. Uh, I think I think it's called Red Seal. Maybe I I'm think not... it is, but that one was pretty good. I've been yeah. to that brewery as well in San Diego. It's pretty awesome. Sweet. So let's go ahead and take a taste, All gentlemen. Right. Cheers to the craft. Cheers to the craft. Cheers, Cheers to Obi Wan. Cheers to Obi Wan. Cheers. Oh, oh my, that is very. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So let's see. It says weekend vibes. It's a mosaic. Uh, Citra and Simcoe hops on there. Let's stay coastal, bursting with tropical dankness. This beer is everything you want from a San Diego style IPA. It's jam packed with hop, fruitiness, and refreshingly dry. Crack one open and get ready to feel those weekend vibes. Interesting. Uh, uh, 2019, what? What does that say? 2019, what? On the uh, won the 2019 bronze for uh, the American Beer Festival. Not bad. Great American Beer Festival. Yes. I guess Colorado. For, I guess for best American style IPA. I think it was good. I think I think these guys kind of um hallmarked. I mean, we see Mosaic and Simcoe being used a lot, but they also use Citra, which I think gave it a nice twist and gave it that brightness that you get towards the beginning, but it definitely ends with an IPA dankness. You know, what's you know? interesting. It uh with the with with at least this this uh this version of this drink, uh, it very much is almost like it could be a session. Yeah, it's very drinkable. It's like you could go ahead and just sip on this and, and be fine. You know, really cold. It's really good. What's the percentage on it? Uh, I think this is a six. Is it a six? I think it is. It feels like six. It is. Are you right on the money? Six point eight. Ah, oh, there you Close go. Also a seven. Yeah, oh, seven yeah. still. Yeah, it doesn't even taste like a six point eight. It tastes like a four point five or something. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like nah, I feel like it tastes like. A I mean, it's six. really bright. Just off the color itself, it's like super bright. You can see right through it. It looks like uh, like pee. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's lighter than a Bud Light, I think, almost by color, but... Yeah, it looks a little bit lighter than that. Yes. Definitely a little bit more thick than it, though. <laughs> it's good, though. I definitely good. like it. doesn't taste like pee. <laughs> yeah, what makes you feel... Gets you in the vibe for some uh, Obi-Wan talk? Uh, some weekend vibes. It apparently looks like pee. Yeah, yeah. Real good. See, now that you poured it all in there, <laughs> it looks a lot darker. Yeah, now, now you it kind of does. That's someone it looks a little ambery. 
That's yeah. someone who Camera. needs to hydrate. Oh, no, wait. That's mm-hmm. probably because of the orange in the background. Uh-huh. That's probably why it looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Perceptions. It looks good, though. Yeah. Either way, it's delicious. Yeah, it is. It looks good. Fresh one. That's a good one. All right, sweet. So let's hop into uh, we'll we'll do an update later on on how you guys are feeling on this. But yeah, let's do hop in on some of uh, I guess the most memorable characters right now of this new Obi Wan series that we see. Yep. Which I think my favorite new characters are the bad guys, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, third sister, mm-hmm. fifth brother. I think Grand yeah. Inquisitor. They were introduced. Uh, in, in Rebels, Clone Wars actually. Clone Wars, yeah, yeah I think. Clone Wars, and then expanded no, upon. Uh, in- yeah, the species got introduced into yeah. that, and then you see sort of the species in uh, Return of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Yeah, I remember but, that. I mean, the the like seeing them, the Grand Inquisitor, I believe, made his debut in Clone Wars, and then he was featured in Rebels. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard. I yes. keep hearing they're a pivotal part in Rebels. So the they are. I keep hearing that. Yeah. And it's in. Probably a lot of the fandom felt like this at first, and we saw that I forget the name of the actor who played him. By the way, he did a he did a great job. Uh, but I I will say I might have had my doubts with the the visual pre- representation representation of this character at first, especially since we know what the the species was already, you know, uh, they've already rendered it in real life, you know, in clone in Clone Wars or Revenge of the Sith, as you said. So you know everyone's holding themselves to that standard. And I don't think the 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 cosmetics and the makeup of it on honestly kind of match that, but I think they worked what they had and they made it their own and uh, it worked out in the end. Um, at first I wasn't gonna lie, he kind of looked like Zordon from Power Rangers. <laughs> I got that <laughs> with, vibe like, too. Yeah. Uh, at first, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna give Zordon a chance. And I watched the episode, <laughs> and just the way that he, the way he speaks, and and the bio that's behind the the the, the dialogue that he has it, it's very reminiscent of the cart of the character from the cartoons and uh, yeah. i think in that in that way he succeeded and i think that's the harder part is to achieve that part of the character i mean i think it's not necessarily that he's a scary character it's more of the fact that you know he wants to accomplish whatever is on his plate you know like he's determined to find you know, Jedi and to kill Obi-Wan basically or bring him to Darth Vader. He's That's always looking that. at the big picture. Yeah, he's looking at yeah. the big picture versus, you know, now we have the third sister over here, which is a little more gung ho in her tactics of, you know, pulling people out of the crowd and like threatening them and saying, if you guys don't give us up a Jedi, I'm going to kill this guy, you know, which is, I think, a lot more cutthroat than the rest of the grand inquisitors but that's why you see her kind of in the rest of the series step up to the plate and kind of she wants to be the grand inquisitor she wants the job yeah very straightforward and very ambitious in that sense and i feel like every one of them are ambitious in their own ways but for her she has that personal goal and of course we learn like what her background is and stuff so the fifth brother um, wanted to be i I, I really want to go into like the arcs of it and i think Mm -hmm. like uh, reva was one of the most uh, pivotal part of all this and also like i think she has like the strongest arc out of like anyone in the series mm-hmm. really so i mean this is a spoiler this is a full this spoiler. whole thing is spoiler this is spoiler you guys need to put that point. tag already so <laughs> yeah we it. tell if you haven't yeah seen it. i mean we put it right there it's like we're gonna talk about this of course like can't 
do it spoiler free. If it says spoiler free, it's spoiler free, but it's, we don't put it there. You know, it's but too late to be spoiler too late. free. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. It's too late, man. Come on, you man. Should have watched Sorry. it already. So, I mean, we learned that in later episodes, Rebel was actually part of the. Um, she was one of the young Padawans. At she was yeah, a youngling the, in the Jedi the temple, Jedi temple in Coruscant. Yeah. Order 66. And she was there when Order 66 happened. Of oh. course, uh, she was there when Anakin came in, and apparently she stabbed her. And that was my understanding, is she somehow survived that. Mm-hmm. So she, and played, she played dead amongst the fallen. Yeah. It's pretty Too Wait. many. Yeah, too many. Um, it's too close to home on that. So, yeah, and that's, you know. I mean, that's one of the things that they even did a disclaimer on on the new season of Stranger Things. Yeah. Was when that whole thing happened. But, I mean, it's almost reminiscent. But this is, I mean, obviously this, I think, was a little more understanding because we had already seen this before all this, all this craziness happened in America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of going back to that traumatic moment and seeing what was born of that moment. Yeah. And, I mean, shit, man. I mean, America needs to learn from this, man. We're just putting people in the way of, of harm, and you never know what they're, they could grow up to be. Yeah. I they're actually going through something like that. Just talking on that point, I, um, someone pointed out that the, what George Lucas was trying to do with like Anakin's like, character was to make him sort of like that dark kid, like that kid that will actually like, you know, do a school shooting and whatnot. And you kind of see it, but it come, comes off kind of like a little weird and awkward. Like, you know, I hate sand. It's like, <laughs> you know, he's hey. a traumatic kid with like a lot of like. Don't be smirched, my boy. He yeah, hates sand because he problems. literally grew on a planet that was covered in it. And to him, sand represented the oppression that he was under all the time as a slave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, I will say, during the Order 66 scene in Revenge of the Sith with Anakin, I believe Lucas specifically got a child actor that looked very similar to how Anakin looked. The child actor who played Anakin in Phantom Menace. Oh, really? That one little Padawan that <laughs> that appro- that youngling that approaches a uh, um, Anakin and asks him if everything's okay or like, you know, are you here to help us or something? Yeah. He's the first one that gets murked by Anakin, and that's him representing him killing himself wow. and become Invader. That's a uh... Interesting. I never saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that makes total sense. Now, yeah. I mean, there's also that um, the fifth brother, I believe, the mushroom head guy. Ah, yes. Mushroom head. He had like, like a mushroom a hat. Man, that's a samurai hat, bro. It's the ongo, bro. You're an ongo, <laughs> bro. I'll eat some ongos, bro, chacho. <laughs> oh, argyle. <laughs> oh shit, but I mean. He didn't really stand out to me as much, but I did like the character design of him. He he looked pretty badass and was basically just like the Grand Inquisitor's second hand dude almost. Like he was he wanted to give get the Grand Inquisitor spot or be like yeah. a little dog or that, something. Well that was his ambition is he wanted to become the Grand yeah. Inquisitor. Yeah. He knew it. So and you see this struggle of power throughout the series between mm-hmm. the fifth brother and the third sister kind of mm-hmm. go at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ambitious, like havoc ensues. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, it's a different, interesting dynamic between all of them, really. And <laughs> they seem to not kill each other, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they kind of suck. I mean, that's one of the things they kind of like uh, made fun of. It's like, wow, like not even like a jab through, like with like a 
lightsaber can't even freaking kill you. Like, people somehow survive that. Well, this is my point. I don't know. The Grand Inquisitor has been killed off on screen like three times already. <laughs> in Rebel, and I'm, I'm sorry, not in Rebels. In Clone Wars, I think he either explodes or he gets run through or something. And then in Rebels, he jumps off of something, falls to his death or something. And then now he gets stabbed. And he still lives. He still lives. This man could take out, you know, if he was a Jedi, he would have took out the entire Empire by now just because of his unkillability. Huh. That's true. He's like, um, he's like a cack- cockroach. <laughs> so, oh, shit. He totally survives through anything, really. Who else do we see? We also see Princess Organa. Princess Leia Organa. She was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. For sure. I was not expecting that. I was nope. like... And that was like oh. such a, like, oh my God, this is awesome. And the little actress who played her, little actor who played her, so good. Yeah. You know, I at first, during the first couple episodes, I couldn't take it. But then as you see kind of more of her personality traits of her being like um, her Sassy. mom, her real mom. Yeah. Um it kind of just makes it brings it back around you know yeah and and she did it really well so then at that point it was like okay it's believable to me but like at first i didn't i didn't really believe that she could be leia at first you know i saw a performance that was a nice middle ground between natalie portman and carrie fisher exactly yeah and that's what it that's what it needed to be and she hit the nail on the head amazing yeah definitely i mean she's a she's a really young talented actress I, I, who knows if they're going to bring her back or whatever, but, you know, she's definitely going to get some more roles after that one. Oh, she really um, played it well. Just, like, she got her sassiness and, you know, she stood up for herself. Well, not only that, but, like, her sense for adventure, you know, in the very beginning when she's up in the tree in the forest, yeah. you know, saying, like, oh, like, those could be pirates. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, it's very much how, like, uh, Luke, like, in A New Hope, like, he gets introduced and he kind of wants that sense of adventure. So now we get to see like Leia's side of wanting to get that same thing. So not only that, but like right. standing up to to bad people. I just said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he just she stood up to her cousin, which said like, "Oh, you're not even a real blood," and she just like and she says something back like, "Oh, you're afraid of your father." Like she just like clapped back and said like, "Say what was on her mind and shit." So I was like, "Exactly." She didn't care. She yeah. didn't have to wait for permission to speak her mind. Yeah. So I think right there, like really. Really hit that it and say Carrie like, okay, Fisher that's, right that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's very much Leia. That's very much like Carrie Fisher just playing that role. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been wondering like, oh, like, damn, I wish Carrie Fisher would be alive to see this. Like, like fool, you're gonna really hurt me? You. Well, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> Carrie Fisher's like Spirits did that. Yeah, that, that meme, know? like she ended that whole man's career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. like just about that one clap back. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I would say that. Um, I I want to say it's a criticism, but it was just kind of strange to me that she was ten, but she kind of looked younger than that. Yeah, but yeah. it's her personality that just made her like a little bit more of an older soul. Mm-hmm. I think that's like kind of what made it up. And I was like, oh, dude, like, oh yeah, good casting though. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets taken by those pirates that she sees, <laughs> none other than Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Really dope yeah. to see him back in the acting world again. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I love that man. He he's what got me to play the bass. He's yeah. such a good like. Oh hell yeah! Like and I mean, I I the first time I ever even laid eyes on that man was in Back to the Future. 
was when I saw him play Needles in, I think, two or three. What are you, chicken? Yeah, see? And, that, and then when I found that out him? that he, yeah. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. And you're the one with the podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, the education. <laughs> I love seeing the, uh, uh, I love when I found out that that was him. Like that made me really happy as yeah. a kid. And uh, he nailed this role too. And like, I don't know. He could play really a lot of things because I mean he was in he was in um, uh the the Big Lebowski as well. Yeah, he was I one of the uh, one of the three. Thugs. One of the henchmen. Yeah, the, yeah, the three thugs. I I think the last thing I remember him seeing is um Baby Driver, is one of those robbers. That one. Oh yeah, I remember he's all like, uh, get the Mike Myers mask. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Baby Driver yet. Oh my god! Thank you for spoiling oh it for me. Dude, okay, no, no, it's good. in the trailer too. Cause they, he oh, said I seen the trailer. They said like, oh, try to get like Mike Myers mask, and then they literally got like Austin Mike Powers. Austin Powers, <laughs> Mike Myers mask. <laughs> Mike Myers. <laughs> Shit was good. That was gold. That was a golden yeah. scene. It was, but yeah, it was a good scene. It hasn't been that. around since that one. That was like twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. That was like five Holy years shit, ago. that was before this beer won an award. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was really dope to see him back in action, being a little weirdo that he is and the dope colors that they put him in. I really like that shirt that they put him in and stuff and just kind of how ruthless he was towards um, towards the Jedi trying to make his paper, you know? Yeah. Um, he's saying, I could look at I could beat you. You have all these abilities and here I am just making my way and I can still beat you. Do we have that clip? Don't have that clip, but we have the uh, lead clip. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, they they basically hold him uh, hostage, and he's in a sticky situation. Yes. You're not a Jedi anymore, Kenobi. You're just a man. And you're bleeding all over my floor. <laughs> well, everybody bleeds. He crashes the spice on the floor and everybody gets high. <laughs> what a way to get away. Like, I don't think that's ever been done in Star Wars before. Yeah, it was like, drugs get away like that. with drugs. <laughs> yeah, that was our first, like, visual of drug use, I yeah. think, in Star well, Wars. Well, to be fair, we don't know what they were smoking in the cantina scene. Oh, shit. So yeah. Maybe spice, maybe something like spice. Oh, no. yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't know. And then, uh, you know, what the hell is Jabba's uh, hookah there? You know, that's another yeah. thing. It's probably just hookah. Well, I guess <laughs> this is the first time we see spice, like, being used, really. Because they do talk about it a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you, we do see it in, um, uh, we saw it in Clone Wars, and we also seen it in... Well, they talk about it in Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. No, you like, see it in Boba Fett. It's the spice runners. Yeah. yeah. And Kess- the Kessel run is, you know, it's all about the spice. The mm-hmm. spice mine's on Kessel. About that spice. Well, about that spice, but we actually see it in use for the first time, and what is it renders them unconscious. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, obviously we know this character; it's not a new character, but we de- see different sides of him. It's Darth, man. Darth Vader comes in, and you see his home planet. You see kind of the ruthlessness of it all, and we also see in this series behind the mask, and we see. Yeah. Christensen, you know, and his cra- crazy, creepy eye back there. Yeah. And kind of just like that whole bringing it back around to, you it's, know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's you're cool. jumping to the You jump into the cherry on top yeah, of you're that, putting whole, it on love that boy. I mean, 
having Chris sing back like in the suit, because I mean, along the years, it's been like different people like in the suit, but uh, I think this is the first time the character who's playing that character is inside that fucking suit, and it's pretty cool. A lot of people were excited, even like people behind the scenes were anticipating. Like, I uh, I remember, I think like I think it was an interview or something that. Um, Emma McGregor was talking about that day, like, oh, why is everyone like so excited or crowded around? And they said, like, oh, uh, Hayden Christensen gonna come in with on the suit, and everyone was so excited and said, like, oh man, like this guy's like really like hauling, like all the attention right now because he's gonna come in and like at the suit playing like uh, Darth Vader for the first time, like in like what ten years? Or yeah, like, not since uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, because he he did wear the suit in Revenge of the Sith as well. Yeah. That was I the remember. first time he wore the suit. Oh, okay, yeah. But that, yeah, no. Seeing him come back, and you know what? I'm gonna. This, this is the perfect moment. We're gonna pause right now, and I'm just gonna We're say, gonna y'all hated on my boy Hayden Christensen for so long. <laughs> now you love him. Now you love him. You know what? Just because the man did not like sand, you guys just decided to take a big old dump on him. World, you just you dumped all of his dreams. Yeah. He was a broken man. You broke him. And then now that he's back in the suit, y'all want a piece of Hayden Christensen. I think it's because... Uh, y'all make me sick! I, I think it's Everyone. because now he's more seasoned yeah. as Darth Vader. Oh, there it is. We just He's like a fine wine. We just needed to let it <laughs> sit in the cellar for a little bit longer. It's a little bit better now. <laughs> and now it's, uh, now it's well-aged and just like this beer is not that bad. Yeah. Hey, I, I think everyone just has a bad taste of like the new sequels. The prequels and then See, the new sequels. So the new now, sequels. So it's like, oh, um, good job. I, I think the I think the prequel <laughs> trilogy was good. You succeeded <laughs> at making the prequel trilogy amazing. <laughs> I mean, at first they weren't that great. Now they're saying not, they're great. Okay. And to be fair, the same thing's gonna happen to these movies in another 10, 20 years. So yeah. just watch. We just need to suck your Star Wars uh, content, and then everything will look gold to. The, Anything before that will look. And y'all are gonna be embracing Ray and Finn and Poe, and you getting them big old. He's actually a really good character. Exactly. We just gave him shit back then because that was a cool thing to do. To be fair, though, they did do my boy Finn dirty, and that's in that. But you know, that's a whole. That's a whole. That's a whole talk. That's a whole talk. Yeah. Um, We're talking about Vader right now. By God, they did such a great job. And yes, when he got in the fight with Obi Wan, and when they just. Finally, oh yeah, that was one of the best scenes. They squashed it. Oh, and they finally squashed it, and and you the see that fights. even, yeah. uh, dude, Vader lost to him twice. You know, yeah, he cracked open his, and then the crazy eye you see behind, yeah, behind the mask. It's no longer. You're right. It wasn't Anakin anymore. Yeah, that's what he needed to see. He needed, he needed to see, see like himself. Yeah, he needed to see that. You know, he lost Anakin a long time ago. And just seeing, like, that rage and that anger inside of him, like, literally, mm-hmm. like, that kind of confirms his, like, you know, Anakin's You're not, gone. Like, he's, yeah, he's legit dead. gone. Like, the I reason can't that him. he is the way that he is. I can't, I can't feel bad about this. Like, exactly. he just, he's like, I can't feel gone. bad about it. It wasn't my fault. It already happened yeah. before. He's, I already, he's already gone. He's already gone. Like, beyond that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the only thing that keeps Obi-Wan wanting to go, you know, further and kind of bring him back to the Jedi and being the Jedi master he is, is towards the end when he, you know, uh, the farmer, you know, Skywalker's dad, his name is Ben, right? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Uncle Owen. Is Uncle Owen? Yeah, Uncle Owen. Emperor. 
Yeah. And basically, sorry, that's is that the cat? Yeah. It sounds like a goddamn demon's trying to attack us. I know. Um. So I mean, when when he goes and he finally says to Obi Wan, like, "Hey, would you like to meet him?" You know, and he goes, yeah. "Hello there." Finally, to like Luke Skywalker. Hello there. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I think he sees the smile on that kid's face and is kind of like, this is the reason why I'm still doing this. Yeah. You know, like to save, you know, what could be the next generation of, of Jedi. Or in other words, a new hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. I mean, that makes uh, that that title for it totally fits. I mean, after seeing that one <laughs> that one scene, that makes sense. Uh, totally. Um. What else do we see? Um, I mean, that's kind of for me. That's kind of it covering the newer the, people. Like, I thought we were covering Josh Vader. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, um, it's like a new Darth Vader. Look at Darth yeah, Vader, I think. yeah, you get to see like a different layer of him. I mean, he's still like you know, um, he's still at his peak. He's still at the same level that we saw him like at, in Rogue One, mm-hmm. and this was actually right before Rogue One. Uh, but if anything, like the rage is still there right after like what we saw in like Revenge of the Sith. If anything, I would say that the events from this is what made him so ruthless in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he's definitely more badass in that one. Just because he was because second. yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like he's done. He's done. He's done. Oh, Max. But, but I from what I saw from what I heard also like. Um, just the way that he actually like got that whole shit, <coughs> sorry, that whole ship, uh, using the force. Um, a lot of people have been saying like, yeah, that's that's the Darth Vader that we see like in like the Force Unleash. You know, like seeing him like use the force like such at such like capacity that it's just like it's kind of scary. It's like he could actually like hold something that heavy and hold it back. It's just like, oh shit. That's the Darth Vader we see in Star Tours. What are you talking yeah. about? Oh, right. Like when we <laughs> saw that, I was like, "Oh yeah. God, that's oh, that's so awesome. That's such a cool callback." And yeah. the fact that or Disney ride. Yeah, but that, that was more impression. for the tourists, of it, but I mean, that was still they got it like so cool. It was it was hilarious. I thought like I mean that part he like crushed that thing like an aluminum can too. He just got in just like like brought it down, and then they were smart enough to get in the second ship. You know, and take off, and I was like, "Dude, that like, was what? tight." <laughs> yeah, they pulled the old switcheroo on him, and it was just like he was so exhausted from doing that one move that he couldn't get yeah. the second one in time. Yeah, you know? I actually want to talk about that um, that episode that it happened because I think that was one of the best episodes in that series because there was just like a lot of cross cutting and parallels between like uh, that fight that he had when they were younger and. Him having to face Darth Vader in the way that like, he outmaneuver him, maneuver him, like in both um, in both scenes. So it's like sort of like you know, saying like he's still he's still like uh, the master. He's still like sort of the Padawan in that sense. And you know, I I think it just like kind of made the because at first like I thought like the episodes were like okay. I just feel like this one was just like more stronger in like con- in, in its context and also it's like the relationship between like Anakin and um and Obi Wan. You know? I want to say I love the parts when it did the callback to him 
before and they were like battling inside the whatever like yeah the, that's why the jedi dojo that. and then he stops him and he goes he goes he's like your need to win is why you'll always be a padawan like you won't be a jedi until yeah. you overcome it's, your anger yeah and it's still like that well yeah it's still like that same anakin just like you know at full force but regardless of like his ambitions he's still wanting to like get there first win first and it's like no that's not you're missing the whole point you'll never win like that because it did such a good job of like yeah filling in the blanks you know yeah exactly just a little bit of the characterization and stuff that needed to be changed a bit or not changed i should say just added to yeah there's a little bit more that explored the character in a way that made a lot of sense too so definitely good choices and I, i'm not sure who we have to thank for that i think I, and it was I, I, Deborah yeah, Chow. I, yeah, I was gonna say I think we should give out a big shout out to Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Who, uh, has been like a female director for um a lot of TV series, and she got the handle of this series, and uh, I think she did a good job for what what it is, you know. I, well, she I she did one of the episodes. I mean, I feel like when the when they did when they uh, no, she did one of the episodes of Mandalorian. Oh, okay. When they did uh, Mandalorian, they split up the directors and they did like a bunch of things. But Deborah Chow was the one that they gave Obi Wan to. Yeah, you know, and it, I I don't know like they gave Robert Rodriguez, um, Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and they gave Deborah Chow Obi Wan, and I feel that they gave her that one because she was good at doing those parallels. She was good at you know bringing in the pieces together from different ones. And Robert Rodriguez, on the other hand, he's good at action. He's good at yeah. making shit happen, you know? So, I mean, both of them, I feel like um, Deborah Chow's uh, intricate look on the whole, the series as a whole, and, you know, the pieces that she directed from not only Mandalorian, but now also Obi-Wan, she's making sure that they kind of coincide in the same world. And she did a really good job of that. And that's that's another female director that you know we we talked about yeah, we did before, and I mean we're 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 on we're hitting it on the head, bro, because they brought her back in full force. Well, here here's the thing: what if Mandalorian was a way for them to decide which directors get to do which projects? I believe that's exactly yeah, why. I think that's that's why I'm very much anticipating what Taika Waititi is gonna do with his. It's gonna be a film, if I believe, and I think I heard somewhere it's gonna be about droids. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna bring the Good he's choice. gonna bring the funniness. He's gonna bring the humor and the cool action into it. I mean, you know, his next movie that's coming out is uh, Thor. It's already out. Yeah, already the out. Thought of God of Thunder. What is it? Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. And he said that he wanted that to be basically like a whole guitar, like an '80s guitar solo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So oh, no, I need to watch it. Yeah. So I think like uh, in the future, they're definitely gonna bring their their flair into every series that they have but uh, it was a great choice to have deborah chow be this one because she's kind of just a little more serious i feel but a lot more i mean not a lot more but definitely passionate about the series as well you know yeah and it shows yeah definitely it it definitely shows like she's a fan of like this um franchise and i think like she's she really added a little bit more of an emotional journey that we didn't really like expected, uh, especially coming from like the journey of like Obi Wan, which uh, we should talk about. Like, All right, the main point. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, let's talk about kind of like just walking through a little bit of of the series itself. First episode opens up, and he is 
you know, basically a hermit living out on uh, Tatooine. Yeah. Right. And he's basically like a meat farmer and he's getting paid pennies. And in the face of danger and adversity, he's putting his head down. He's not really, he doesn't want to be noticed. Yeah. He and doesn't want to cost any attention to himself. It's almost like the younger Jedis that are surrounding him are kind of stepping up to the plate and being the Jedi, where now Obi-Wan is more cautious because of what he's been through in the past to kind of keep his head down and not uh, disrupt the status quo. Yeah, I, I think the reason why he's the, the way that he is is also he's the guy that actually saw like the defeat of it all. With the younger guys, they think like, oh, we still have a chance, we still have a chance. They didn't win as any of that. So, I think he also—he's not also carrying like the guilt of like Anakin, but also like the fall of the Empire as it happened, mm-hmm. and then kind of seeing like the falls of like the Jedi themselves and how they let this happen. You know, I love that he his whole incognito thing is that he's basically he's a he's a butcher. You know, works on an yeah. assembly line, but leave it to Star Wars to turn something like being a butcher on its head. Is that you're not so much a butcher. So much as you are like working in a quarry or a mine, yeah. Because just the massive amount of meat—I don't even know what the name of the animal was that they killed for like, like a giant whale thing. And it was, was crazy because it was like giant pieces of sashimi that he was. Yeah, I, dude, dude. I thought it was. Um, it kind of looked good. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wanted was, sushi after every episode of watching that. Yeah, I thought it was a cray dragon at first. No, it wasn't. Was like, not a cray dragon. Yeah, I, I, I thought that's what it was. So I was like, I think that's something else, but it's something sort of. As big as that. There's another thing. Now, I don't know if you guys caught this. This might be my own speculation, but I feel that this kind of solidifies that basically there's only two things, you, three things you could really get in Tatooine. It's like water, hence the moisture farmers, mm-hmm. uh, alcoholic beverages of some sort, and meat. Because there's no vegetation yeah. on the planet whatsoever, so <laughs> everybody just eats everything else. Yeah. So it's a completely carnivorous, closed system. Yeah, it's a dangerous that, ecosystem. Yeah, even the herb, even the herbivores, they're not herbivores. Like for instance, what Obi Wan rides that I I don't know what the name of that creature is, but it's like a camel, a camel looking thing. Yeah, camel. he feeds it meat. He feeds it meat. It's a carnivore. The hell, <laughs> exactly. You think something like that would be an herbivore, but it's a carnivore right. as well. At least a scavenger. I think it was the people themselves that fed them like meat over the years, so they just. No, I think that's carnivores. just the planet it is. Do you see yeah, a single plant so. on all of Tatooine? Yeah, there's not a single plant on that planet. Yeah, you're right. Out of one, so, so, so they, they don't have any choice. They have yeah. to eat the meat. <laughs> you got to eat the meat. And then not only that, but Vegans like the the working conditions that he was working in, it was just like everybody was like, "This is only half my pay." It was like, "Get out of here! You get nothing." Mm-hmm. And he just like kind of was just like, "Well, shit! I'm just gonna take my half then. Just get the hell out of here." Yeah, you know, it's like brings to mind the factory towns. You know, you work for the company store type of thing. That shit's happening again, except now it's happening with uh, Amazon. Those Amazon towns. That's what that is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. Change. It's like, yeah, um, the closest thing I can remember is like all the mom and pop shops closing down because like the local Walmarts are being built. Mm-hmm. And it just like drove everyone away. Like, um, now they're uh, driving the away the Walmarts. Yeah. That's so hilarious. That, yeah, so now like all the money was there and, you know, like either work there and like, you know, mm-hmm. get fucked. But yeah, it's definitely tattooing, baby. Definitely an interesting ecosystem. <laughs> Good eye on that. <laughs> yep. Um, and then later on, you know, we see 
scenes of Princess Leia kind of being little adventure girl that she is, her parents being politicians and taking her to different events and stuff, and eventually she gets taken, yeah. which prompts her dad. I don't know what's his name. Um, Bail Organa. Bail Organa yeah. So Senator Bail Organa prompts him Smith. to basically awesome. send out a message. Well, actually pursue Obi Wan, right? Because he goes there. So Obi-Wan's going back to his cave one day, and then this little robot sticks out of the ground, and usually it blinks blue. That's what we see. But this time it blinks red, meaning that somebody entered the cave. See, I thought for a while there that that might have been R2. Because that's the same little mm. little periscope that R2 has, yeah. like off of a mech droid. So I thought, does he have R2 buried in the ground this whole time or something? Has he been so. holding on to him? I wonder. Can we see him? In yeah, we do. We do see him, right? Yeah, I think. Is so. he on Alderaan? Yeah, the, the most beautiful planet in all of Star Wars. That's the first one to get exploded. Yeah, that was BS, man. I don't know. They move around a lot. They're like the um, they're always there in every series. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like I looked at Alderaan and I was like, "This is a beautiful ass planet." Of course, it's yeah. the one that gets burned. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm actually glad I got to see, like, that planet itself because all you do is, like, kind of hear it, get a glimpse of it here and there, but now you kind of get a feel for it, you know? Mm-hmm. You got to see it's, like, oh, it's a forest planet with, like, you know, beautiful infrastructure. It's, a, po- it's a port planet, almost. Well, the thing yeah, is, yeah, well it's, it's the one that looks the closest to Earth. Yeah, if anything. It looks like futuristic It looks Earth. like futuristic Earth. Yeah. Like a beautiful Earth, free of pollution. Yeah. yeah just full of uh, diplomats, sorry. <laughs> I mean, and you see kind of Leia's young kind of outlook on politics, and she doesn't really like it and stuff like that, but she's kind of still thrown into the world, um, not wanting to be there, but still, you know, being there for her parents. Eventually, you know, her getting taken kind of flips their political world upside down. Now all they're worried about is getting Leia back. And uh, none other than Obi-Wan to help them. Yeah. I, at first, I wasn't too sure about it. Like, Obi Wan, like, like, how how does that make sense? But it kind of makes sense because, like, like Leia has to know his type of reputation in order for her to make sense in the New Hope, for her to reach out to like Obi Wan, because he already knows what he's already capable. So that's why he said like, "Oh, like, come see me, like General Kenobi." It's like that's the title that you know, his um, her father told her about. And also, she got to see it for herself. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. If you really do think about it, like, they did, it do have to have an encounter at some point, you know, in between yeah. those uh, episodes. I mean, not only was it an encounter, it was like she was saved by him, yeah. you know, the whole way through. And it's like, you see him get into all kinds of crazy stuff, but it was the pivotal point where he's thinking, like, I don't want to do this. I shouldn't do this. And then at the point where he's about to go back to go be a butcher again, he makes the decision like, I got to do this. Yeah. You know? What if this was Luke? I feel like he was thinking well, that. And then it's not like, why am I just caring about Luke? Why aren't I also caring about Leia? Yeah. It's the other half. You know, it's like it's he the, just realized. the other child. Yeah, exactly. He's like, they're, just a, they're both just as important. I need to get my head out of my ass and realize that. And that was a big learning point for him. But uh, I, uh, I love the relationship that they ended up having. His his powers were gone too, right? Like he, they weren't gone, 
but it he's was out just, of practice. He did, he's he's out of practice, so he's a little rusty. So he wasn't in tune with the force. Yes. And because of like you know emotional reasons, mm-hmm. and just like not really using him because he's trying to keep himself incognito. Yes. You know. And uh, you know that the whole relationship that he has with Leia, it makes you wonder because I think if you watch A New Hope, she asks for his help, but I think she doesn't actually she doesn't see him again, does she? And yeah, you hope I, they I don't feel, they don't see each other at all. Yeah, I feel like after that was like, well, after you know the whole experience in this series, mm-hmm. I think that was the last time they saw each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they got. I it wouldn't make sense if they saw each other again, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, like I, yeah, I was definitely trying to make that connection between like you know the New Hope and then you know this series, and yeah, it's. It's fairly well. There's some things I just don't feel like don't fit well. And uh, I'm forgetting what it is exactly why I don't feel right about it. Um, but like in, in this series itself, like alone, uh, I feel like it kind of was necessary to have him to face Darth Vader because it could have been about anything. It could have been about him finding Darth Maul. You know, but I think this one was just more of like it hits, um, it's an uh an emotional beat as opposed to like if he faced like Darth Maul, it would just be out of like revenge and just like other things. Exactly, and that was already covered actually. Yeah, we saw that in Rebels, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, it would be kind of weird for them to retcon. Like maybe if they did a reenactment of that scene in live action, I think that'd be. Pretty I think cool. yeah, I think that would be kind of. That'd cool. have been pretty cool yeah. if they did that. So, and make that also be part of the reason as to why he decided to leave behind the kind of Jedi mindset too. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't. Be- well, Rebels happens right before Rogue One, so technically that meeting right with Darth again happens after after Rogue after one? after obi-wan really after the show yes after this i thought it was right before it no rebels i believe happens uh right before rogue uh, one i thought it, i was uh i always thought it was like um the events leading up to like rogue one yeah I always thought that. that's what i mean but obi-wan happens before that oh okay that's what i'm saying that's why that yeah, meeting yeah. with darth maul darth maul comes way later darth maul's an old man too yeah. just like obi-wan is when they have their their final bout yeah, I did heard about that. I heard it was kind of like disappointing. It wasn't a fight. It was, it was barely even a fight. It, well, the whole point of it was Darth Maul. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to spoil Rebels. Watch Rebels, people. It was actually kind of fun. To me, it was like, hey, what if Star Wars did a very watered down version of Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> that's what it All is. All right. I'll, I'll take your word on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I felt about um, it. Yeah, I I... I really want to get into like that relationship that um, Obi Wan has with like Leia at first, and how it ended up. Um, but it's it just starts off like you know, there's a bit of mistrust there. Yeah. In the beginning, because mm-hmm. he's not really saying everything he can, but he's trying to protect his own identity and you know his cover up as a Jedi. So she, he's not really telling her like the full truth, even our. She wants to know, like, oh, like, why are you hiding? Why, mm-hmm. like, and all this stuff. I mean, that's, um, I, I, I get a sense that that's like her sense of judgment on people. Yeah. So she wants to like know, like, you know, if 
he could be trusted. She wonder. She has very good intuition. Yeah. But we also know who her dad is. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder if that was like the force in a way, maybe. If she I knew believe, yeah, I do that something that. was up with him, and he, she knew he wasn't telling the truth of who he was. Yeah, and I think that was pivotal too to his growth during the show as well, because he needed to come to terms with saying, "Yes, this is who I am. This is what I've done." Yeah, kind of thing, and and being okay with admitting that. I think important thing to point out is the the whole reason Princess Leia gets taken is not because they want Princess Leia; they want Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. The Inquisitors, they want Darth Vader, ultimately, he's the one that is looking for Obi-Wan to get his revenge, to get to kill him, you know? So he thought to himself, okay, what's the one way I could get Obi-Wan to me? What, what can I do? Okay, well, if we take the girl, then he's going to have to come after her because she's, he's one, she's one of the twins, basically. And it's like, um, it's kind of fucked up if you think about it because yeah. that's like, that's Darth Vader's daughter too that they're kidnapping. Yeah. They wait. Do they? Does the third sister know that it's the other twin, or does she? Is she only using that because like she knows Bell? that the general and Obi Wan went to war together. Okay, that's why I was gonna ask. Well, yeah. technically, I don't think Bell's a general. General, right? Well, Bell? they went to war together. Bell's a senator. You know, they have a connection between that. Yeah. So if like her daughter. His daughter would be kidnapped. Of course, he's gonna ask Obi Wan for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe she doesn't know that. That's yeah, I don't think. I don't, yeah, I don't think he know that because only because like at the end of the she just knows uh, last that episode that it's that that kid is important. Obi-Wan. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, because she knew like because the third sister knew like oh Luke is probably important, but she, I don't think she knows it's like child of Darth Vader. Yeah, since that's only why I asked why, why that is. But, um, but just like that, her journey, like again, just going in that relationship, um, uh, he's he's starting to like actually meet like the other kid and trying to see like, you know, like he's having reminiscence of like um her mom, you know, like uh Queen, not nah, like Queen Amidala, <laughs> Padme, Padme, and you know, you get reminiscence of her. Definitely. You, like, you get to see him kind of mention to Leia, like, oh, you remind me of somebody. Yeah. And it kind of... No. Yeah. And it kind of comes up, like, by accident, and it kind of gets him in trouble, because he says, like, he's just Carl Leia. And I was like, uh, 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 Leia was her mother. And he's like, sometimes I forget, because it, it reminds me of her. And I feel like, yeah, it's also, like, a good cover that he did, but also there's, like, some sense of truth and some guilt that he's also bringing up, too. Yeah. So I think that's what made it believable for him to, like, you know, like, I made a mistake, like, I thought it was his mother. Isn't that? I thought it was trippy at the very end of the series. You know, he does end up telling her, like, I did know your parents. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then be like, when you feel this, that's your mom. And when you feel this, that's your dad. You okay, know? Exactly. And it's like, I mean, just with anybody normally, that, that hits home because even with, like, kids that are adopted and stuff like that, they, there's that need of them wanting to know where they get certain and things he from. he told her exactly what she needed. Yeah. He's like, you got the best of both and laid it out for her. And I thought that was brilliant writing. I thought that was very good because he subtly told her everything that she needed to know. And you know that helped form her into the person that she became. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who yeah. became the Princess Leia we all know and love. Yeah. 
you got the best Sweet. of both worlds. And he and you know that was an examination of Carrie Fisher's performance as Leia, and it said this is what she is. This is what we're able to gather from Padme's side. This is what we got from Anakin's side, and this is why you are who you are. Yeah, he definitely saw that. And yeah, he definitely feels like that. Um, I think by the end of it, I don't think he regret any of that. Even though he was like kind of out there, he had to face like certain people that got in his way, obstacles and whatnot. And also having to face like Darth Vader himself, knowing that he's alive and also knowing that, you know, Anakin's dead. So it's like, you only found out to, you only went in there to find out that he, Definitely is dead in spirit, mm-hmm. but that shell of him, that shell of a person, is still out there and it's dangerous, mm-hmm. you know. And ah, oh, fuck, just like actually like um, saying that out louder than you know realizing that, it's kind of like that makes sense. <laughs> shit, shit on it all you can, but there's some <laughs> context in there, you know. Yeah, if you really think about it, man. All right. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about this whole series, it was the it was the journey of hunting Obi Wan, mm-hmm. you know, and in the process, other Jedi's die, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Um, and we even see, you know, one of the third sister kind of revert and go from the dark side to the light side. Yeah, you know, which is something I don't think that's ever been shown before. It has. Oh yeah, Peter. Finn. Finn. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah. No, no, no. Going from going from the dark side to the light. Yeah, side. yeah he did Empire. at the end of um, Anakin redeemed himself. Darth Vader. I guess. Well, I guess That's in the big thing in the third in the third in the third sister, it's more of like she was already a Jedi, uh-huh. went to the dark side, uh-huh. and then went back to the light. Oh, back and forth. Yeah, just like Anakin. Yeah, just like Anakin, just like um Kylo Ren too. Kylo sense. Ren. Well, here's yeah. um. <laughs> A lot of people are being convinced. Yeah. It's like, hey, wake up. You're a good person. Even though you did terrible shit. You're the guy right now, and you need to be all right with that. Yeah. And it's an Obi-Wan hunting for Obi-Wan as well. You know? He's, yeah. He's hunting himself. He's trying to get back to where he was in his mindset. At least he, un- he has to accept that things are different now. And he couldn't take blame and shoulder all the stuff for all the stuff that he had no control over. Life lessons, people. You know? You gotta let that shit go, and that's that's what he had to find out, and and he couldn't blame himself for the actions of others, and he can't control and everything, and he wasn't in charge of protecting everyone, but he just needed to be in charge of doing what he needed to do for himself and yeah, definitely what was asked of him. So, I think totally. Mm-hmm. I think with that we could kind of go into the top twos. Mm-hmm. Ah yes. Top two. 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 Motherfucker. Okay, top two is when we talk about our top two scenes from the series. Top two scenes. Real quick. You guys need to cut that by half. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that shit is long and loud. I what I want to do, we we'll just have you play basic with like we'll do some Seinfeld things like top two, bing. That's, that's, that's all you need. That's all. That's all you need. You got to get that. Do some more of those. Yeah. Hit a flea and be like, hey, we got this thing for you to do. <laughs> do that. All right, I can do it. 
right. Sorry, Hill, top two. So I guess my first scene um, would have to be like, uh, uh, it's in episode five where like Reva's going up to like the door and then Obi-Wan's like right there and they're like talking back and forth and then it gets revealed that of course like Reva was like in a Jedi temple when Order 66 happened. You get to see her, her, perspective. her, her not only her perspective, but also her motives and all this. And um, just really like, Thinking about like that between the both of them, there's a big difference, but there's also similarity. They're after going for Vader, so you know they kind of see like, okay, well, we have this, we have the common enemy, um, but they're at different sides of the door, literally. And uh, Obi Wan is like, you know, he still with his like side of the the story of like um what happened uh, Order sixty six. And of course, he kind of says like, "Oh, like, where were you?" And then you know, obviously, we all, we as the audience, as Star Wars fans, we know like, you know, he, he was occupied somewhere else. And then when Order sixty six happened, it came out of nowhere. Like everyone happens. Like, like, can't really blame it on me. Like, I mean, that was my perspective. And with her, like, she was like the victim. But in that sense, like, they were both victims. You know, like they were both Jedi's. She was a part of one, and he was like a master out on a mission. And uh, I, I think like right there was just like this conflict coming in, wanting to like you know do her job and just uh, pretty much like play the bad guy, play her role, you know. And it was a cool scene because it was like you know them having to talk and having to know each other's motives, and. Uh, right there and then, that really started off, like, the tension, and then the whole fight happened. Them having to uh, open the fucking hall doors, and them having to fight off, like, uh, all the stormtroopers that can't shoot for shit. <laughs> and, of course, it has to be consistent, so, you know, you can't shoot for shit. <laughs> so, I, th- that was my first scene, really. Like, I think that was sort of, like, a pivotal point of, like, the series that um, we all kind of speculated, and when it happened, it was like, that makes sense. Which I th- I thought it was pretty cool to have a villain that not only comes from like just being a villain, but also like a villain coming from like trauma and having her own motives for revenge. Which of course, uh, that was the whole point of the hotel. Of course, Darth Vader having to have revenge on Obi Wan and her having revenge on everyone else who was involved in that. So. That was my scene. Yeah, you want to go? Sure. Or you want me to go? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Right, okay. Right, go ahead. I do like the, I did like the whole thing about how you're discovering about essentially the parallels to like the Underground Railroad type thing for the Jedis. Oh, yeah. They were harboring the Jedis to try to keep them safe from the Empire and protect them. And, you know, help to relocate them and stuff. Any ones that were surviving and stuff. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a very cool concept that that this was, in a way, almost like the very beginnings of the Rebellion, too. Yeah. In a way. Like, like you see, like, where the Inception is. You see how the Rebellion became what it is today. Yes. And I... I really like that robot that they had in there. It was just—it was a dude in a suit, but 
damn, it looked really cool. And it's just this big silent fool ready to murk dudes with a freaking hammer. hammer. Yeah. You know, because it was like it was a blacksmith ro- a droid or something like that. Yeah, so he, oh, yeah, it was a maker droid. or something. It was a carrier, right? Yeah, so that thing was basically a forklift. But yeah. dude, like that thing was cool. Like I, when I, they I said, like, that. oh, he's just like what a carrier. He doesn't understand what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. He fucking understood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that forklift had feelings. Yeah, and machinations. Uh, and it was a, uh, it was just really cool. Uh, idea and concept to see where that went to that was really cool Mm -hmm. i like that part yeah well i gotta say one of my parts was actually in the very beginning of the series when it's almost like a western scene and you see the grand inquisitors go to like this cantina and everyone's chilling just doing their own thing you see the empire pull up like in the middle of the street and everyone's like what the fuck is going on here and then um, the Grand Inquisitor just basically starts breaking down, uh, starts asking the people, do you know who we are? Do you know what we do? And we've heard and gotten reports that there's a Jedi here. And like we know that there's been like um, spice runners or something like that. He tells the bartender. And he's like, we know that if you weren't capable of handling this yourself, a Jedi would step in. And then he starts explaining kind of, the logic uh behind a jedi and why they'll always do the right thing and why they'll always stick out like a sore thumb because they can't help it they can't help doing those things that's the weakness of a jedi you know and it, i thought it was really interesting and it kind of gave me um a callback to like seeing that scene in in uh inglorious bastards yeah. You know, in the very beginning when they're harboring the Jedi or they're harboring the, the um the Jews, the Jews and the he's Jedi. like talking <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but it's like it's just kinda like that and he's like kinda explaining them to like, you know, um you don't know why you don't like a rat. You know, like yeah. you just he's, don't like it compared Yeah, he's making like a metaphor for like what his job description is and what he's there for. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, it's clever writing and of course and I mean, not only that, but then it goes to the point where, like, you actually see the Jedi get up and, like, helps protect. He, like, throws something and the Jedi stops it in the mid- in midair. And they're like, we got him. We got the fucker. And then, and then he, they, it's just like the chase ensues, you know. But yeah. then, you know, they eventually catch up to him and they hang that fool off the top of one of the rafters. Damn. And that was cartel like, style. that was some cartel style shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that whole scene to me kind of showed how devastating this crew of inquisitors was and how determined they were to catch you know um these jedi not only jedi but you see the third sister she specifically wants to get obi-wan and the grand inquisitor is kind of telling her like oh he's long gone like don't worry about it but she knows like because she probably has a force she knows that he's there on that planet you know yeah again yeah just definitely have that ambition to get but, that. but really like really westerny you know, yeah, I love true. that. Well, I mean, that's that's Tatooine. It's yeah. like Western, the planet. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. And I will desert. say, I love Tatooine, but and I'm not gonna say I'm getting tired of saying Tatooine because that's not the case. It just seems to me like it's easy. It's a desert yeah. planet. All <laughs> we need to do is film in Carlsbad, or I mean, like freaking Carlsbad near Carlsbad caverns or out by you know, on Death Valley or something. Yeah, like, and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see some Dagobah. 
Let's see what Yoda's up to. Like, yeah, does he have a book club on Dagobah? What is he doing? To keep, <laughs> what is he doing to keep busy? Yeah. yeah. Which is easier to film because you could just go to Louisiana. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my first one. All right, cool. Uh, going back to me. Um, I'll just say this. I don't mean to shit on it, but oh, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of the first fight between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. I was a fan of the second fight. Which yeah, is my top two. I was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was, I really liked the fight because it was like, in some sense, it was very symbolic. Um, uh, because they were just like in surrounded and dirt and stuff. And just like the way that he kind of like uh, pushed him down, basically burning him. It's just like your time has passed. Your sen- the sense of time has buried you. So just stay in the past. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. But he comes out of the ashes, or comes out of the dirt, really. Rubble. And then, you know, comes back fighting full force. And, you know, he essentially has his brood back. He claws out of the grave. Yeah, yeah, he claws out of his own grave. Like, oh, like. And there's a lot of symbolism because, you know, he, he thought, like, Darth Vader was dead, but he wasn't. And then, you know, him having to kill him and trying to kill him. And he's like, he's not going to be killed that easily. And, you know, having to come back and just, like, at full force, um, he's not holding any bars no more. He's not telling Vader, like, you still are the Padawan. Yeah, he's not afraid. (laughs) He's proving his point. Like, you know, like, this is where our status is at. And he's still, like, the same kid. Because I fooled you, like, in the last episode. And then this episode, like, like, I'm really getting it. You know? Like, I'm really defending myself. Because I... Like, th- this is something that was he was trying to avoid this whole time. And then he's all like, no, I have to face him. And when he faces him, he faces him, you know, literally to the point where he faces him. And, you know, that whole, um, that part of his uh, face is, like, exposed. And, of course, we And his breathing kind of changes a little bit, I think. Not only that, but also, like, the voice, of course, is still voiced by uh, Earl James. Uh, yeah. He layered the voices. It. When in between, and it was like sort of like this combination that's that going back dope. and forth, and I was like, dude, like that's that's so good, like it was. It made sense. It's like it's like it's like going back and forth between like two identities. That is because like, like one Darth is Vader one is like the voice that's being produced by the armor. Yeah, it was James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, and then Hayden Christensen is you know he he is Anakin or the body that that is inside the suit in a way. Yeah, so it's like, so, you know, at the end of the fight, he got to see, like, you know, like we talked about it before, like, Anakin is no longer there. That race, that that monster that he fought, like, and Musafar, um, like, it's still there, and there's nothing there. It's just, again, it's a shell of a man, just there, angry, and the only thing that's, like, um, Holding him is that suit. You know, that's what's keeping him alive in that sense. And it's just like, you know, I don't need to kill you. I don't need to save you. You're beyond safe. Sorry, that was a Batman reference, but it <laughs> makes sense. Ah, Batman, Star Wars. <laughs> no. It's all the same thing. It's they all, all have the their hero's thing. journey in all of them. So, yeah. Batman, Star Wars, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> 
not one big thing. It's just giant globules. It's the same formula. Yes. <laughs> you all been watching, but just different characteristics. I really like and the character progression in Gremlins 2. <laughs> Wait, we're talking about Obi-Wan. I'm sorry. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a big scene, a big revelation that everyone wanted to see. So, I mean, that's my top two right there. My second scene. I'm going to go get a Bud Light. Want one? No, I'll have water. <laughs> and by that, I mean a water, not a Bud Light. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't mean to hate on but If you enjoy Bud Light, God bless you. You need it. But anyways, <laughs> um, I have my top two. Let's see. My second one. Uh, you know, I, I do love that fight with Obi-Wan and Darth. And I don't want to bring that up. But I will say that is a very important part to me, at least to see as a Star Wars fan. But I will say, if I were to pick another scene, pick anything, at least maybe a theme that was within the movies, or within the show, excuse me, is the whole scene Order 66 from the eyes of a Padawan. Yeah. From the eyes of a youngling, the terror of, you know, having to, being caught in that and having to survive that and fight to survive, just how horrible it is, you know? It's frightening and it's scary and it's sad that, you know, this is a mirror to real life in other ways. Thank you. Yeah, it's not cool, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it's, and it's, uh, it, you know, I hope people realize by watching this show that, you know, making the priorities that we need to make within at least our nation here in the, in the States, I feel. But Star Wars, it's nuts that Star Wars is covering, like, managed yeah. to make, you know, to me, that's insane. Bring it home. It does. And then, I mean, that's what art's supposed to do. It's supposed to yeah. hold a mirror to society. And that's exactly what it did. And it was on the nose. Little too on the nose, but I mean, it's still it, it. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but it was even though horrific, it was beautiful shot. The temple looked amazing. You know, just seeing the different lightsabers. Uh, like the whole thing was lit up only by like the lightsabers at certain points and the laser blasts. It was really dark. It was and dark, and the only lighting was from the violence. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say there was actually some. Uh, article that i read i forget where but it basically was talking about how almost using that effect of the the new um technology they have of you know doing the virtual production how that almost the light it's taking away some of the lighting aspects traditional lighting aspects used to make things pop a little bit more um in that scene specifically some people said that it was way too dark for them to see but I think what they were trying to do virtually is to take advantage of the HDR effects on TVs. Yeah. And so you could see like the darkest, darkest points mm -hmm. and that point black and then get that spectrum. If you don't have an HDR TV, that scene probably looked like shit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a big disadvantage because a lot of people don't have that, you know, on their TVs. Most people True. have like 720p's like this TV right here, mm -hmm. you know, because that's what they're comfortable with or, right. you know. They don't have the money for it. So. I, I do. I did like the sim the symbolism, almost that symbology. Guys like Boondock Saints, the symbolism behind the lightsabers protecting the younglings in the dark. Those were the that was the only source of light in some some spaces. It was like the flashlight, you know, like oh, the yeah, light, yeah. yeah, fighting back against the darkness. And you know when mm -hmm. the Jedi fell, that light fell with them, so they were plunged further into darkness. 
Yeah. Oh, oh shit. My, my mic just decided to kill suicide. There goes the darkness. Was, I know, that was the darkness fighting back. <laughs> oh, that was, that was honestly kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a, I think it was a really strong, strong choice. And, and I appreciated a lot of the decisions for such a delicate scene to cover, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was what gave birth to the third sister kind of deal, and yep. going exactly through that. What gave so I mean, is that trauma? Yeah, you know, the trauma that came from that. Yeah, um, I think another traumatic, I mean, a moment where we see kind of the third sister in full rage mode when she goes after Luke's parents. I think is my second scene when you see, you know, Luke's dad and his mom kind of. You know, Ben's kind of yeah, yeah. Well, he's basically saying to her like, "We need to get out of here. We need to leave." And uh, the the aunt is kind of just like, "No, we're gonna fight. We're gonna do this together." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of that willingness between these two humble farmers to literally go all out and turn their abode into a fortress. That's what just, it was, man. Ju- just goes to show the amount of love that they had for Luke. Yeah. And the amount of vengeance that the third sister had in her heart to go after anything and everything that would uh, you know, further bring darkness into the into their world and just like yeah. literally just be a flat out asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know? they're, they're defending their home, which is like um that whole thing, that whole bit, kind of seems like a Western, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was part you of know? it. They're protecting the homestead. Yeah. You know? They're protecting for what it is. And for the ad to even speak up and say, like, we we need to hold our fort. Yeah. I didn't see like, that coming like, at all. Yeah. Honestly, I thought they were going to be like, okay, let's run. But, like, yeah. her showing needed, that heroism. Yeah. They needed her to, like, at least do something in the series. It's like, oh, she's going to have her moment in the sun. And they did. They, they did. It's like, it's a little moment, but, you know. It definitely counts. And you see how crazy her hair is, too, in that yeah. one. How, like, she's just, like, off the rails at that point. And, like, do this. <laughs> she's, like, she. you see sides of what Anakin became in her. You know what I'm saying? Just that anger and that vengeance and her wanting to go through it. But at the end, she kind of turns. That's, and, that's exactly you know? what it was. Because yeah. that's what it was. Is it's the, That exact choice was laid before the choice that Anakin had. Do I kill the youngling and, and, and you know commit myself to the dark side and and the negativity and everything or do i just try to get past it and that's exactly what she was doing she was staring at another youngling just like her and they showed exactly. that in the show and and she decided no I, I, this isn't going to change anything you know and it's just crazy just after so much of her trying to you know get rid of these and just you know just do her job as an inquisitor for her to have that turn back moment. It kind of brings back the humanity and shows that Jedi's can still, you know, choose the right Jedi's can still survive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's important. Scene. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So we'll go with our top two. Anything worth mentioning? Or just, I mean, just to go back to the visual thing, I think one of the really cool scenes that I liked too was, when they went to when he went to the neon planet, yeah, and it was all raining and it was just like almost looked like Tokyo or something like that. Like um, Blade Runner, yeah, yeah, like Blade Runner type. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool place to do it, but that was also brought up in that article saying that it wasn't as well lit. It didn't pop as much, and I feel like 
these visual effects artists are still trying to figure out that medium between, you know, practical lighting and virtual lighting. And yeah. to combine those two is pretty difficult to do. Yeah. I mean, not just combine them, but just match them, really. Yeah, to match them. Yeah, because it's also, like, uh, I, I think it's just, again, like, um, there's just, like, a next level of CGI. And, of course, CGI, main problem with not main problem, but one of the biggest challenges is like match up the lighting between like mm-hmm. what's like on screen with the imagery, lighting with like the actors and the lighting, like um, what has to match up to the background. And yeah. Stuff. So, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of practical set design missing Yeah. from those scenes that I feel could have added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, not only in that scene, but, also in like um like when you see Darth Vader in his castle and stuff like that i wanted to see more volcanic you know mm. more more uh, lava and more shit like that in the background and you don't really get to see that too much except for that overall shot in the beginning yeah. there should have been like some orange side light or something yeah you know something yeah. to just kind of make you, you seem like light bleed from the mm-hmm. freaking lava that's there that would have happened in na- in a natural setting yeah, and and this goes back to my whole argument of like you know, digital is great. I think as a cleanup, but I don't. Th- it can't. It cannot. It, it cannot replace practical. It can't. It it's a perfect tool for for maybe making things seamless and a little more clean. But you know, you can tell me that you know you'd rather see a computer animated beastie rather than like a puppeteered one like they did with the. Uh, baby uh with grogu right and with grogu they even went ahead and the parts where he was cgi'd they they made him look puppety they gave him kind of like those movements to mimic that that realness yeah and and you know and that just goes to show you the strength of what that is that kind of art form and the same could be said about lighting you know you're 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 not going to get the same thing you're not yeah, and I I just hope Hollywood comes to realize that, and I think that they are starting to at least with this. Yeah, I mean, I was elated to see freaking stop motion during Boba Fett. You know, mm. the fact that that's even a thing in the, and I think in in this too, I think some of the ship scenes were stop motion as well. If I'm on, if I'm not mistaken, it at least appeared that way to me. Uh, but that they're using those techniques again, those older techniques. Yeah, I, yeah, I think they were using like miniatures. And yeah, stuff, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that, that is. You know that that's what we need to go back to. That's what we need to stay at and just clean that up. You can't you can't you can't trump them. Sorry, at least they haven't come up with the technology to 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 win that over yet. Yeah, definitely. They're still learning, so I mean, it makes all the sense. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, in that sense, if you're talking about like the prequels, like they were also using CGI and they were trying to still figure out how to use it well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like repeating itself, which. Um, like famously in Star Wars, like the certain things like kind of repeat themselves, like rhymes or like something of poet, which is yeah, something like that George Lucas has always said, and mm-hmm. that's also going for like the technical aspect of it all too. So it's like, oh, that's kind of ironic too. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, the like, that's hmm. the other build of that. Yeah, that's like funny. One of the cool practical effects that I liked in it was the little robot, Leia's little robot that looks yeah. like a ladybug. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, and they did a good blend of it being digital and it being like a practical thing. Like when Flea grabs it and smashes it on the floor, 
and then Obi-Wan ends up going and like fixing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Like, yeah, she like somehow knew how to like fix it. So, like, and, and I love yeah. that. So, made the discovery that that, apparently <laughs> that little droid was based off of a picture of Carrie Fisher with a little pet bird that she had as a kid. What? What? You guys didn't know that? No. There's a picture online of Carrie Fisher as a little child with a little pet bird that she had in her hand, and that's what inspired that little droid that little Leia has. Trip out. Dude, oh, like. That's a good. I didn't know that. Inspiration. Yeah. That's a good tidbit right there. That's a good mm-hmm. tidbit. Look that up if you haven't seen it. What's another tidbit on this? Well, this is not the best tidbit, but it definitely is something to talk about in this series. Um, the actress who played the third sister. Uh, let me see what her name is real fast. It's um, Moses Ingram. Moses Ingram? Yeah. Hmm. It says on here it's Reva Savander. What? Yeah, that was yeah. the name. No, of that's the character's character. name. Oh, Reva. Well, basically, she was getting a lot of hate online. Yeah, as we all know now. But at this um, I don't know if a lot of people know about that, but she was receiving a lot of hate from some serious uh, Trumpers or whatever you want to call them. Man, they were just they were just some 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 racist pieces of shit that were just saying some like major very haters. very terrible things. Yeah. about uh, the third sister and stuff like that, and. Um, Ewan McGregor actually went online and recorded a video confronting this and saying to Star Wars fans, like, there is no room for racism in Star Wars. Like, if you are racist, you are not really a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Yep. You know? Which is like something that, race. yeah. Which in itself is like kind of unfair. Like, if you don't like the character, like, really, you're going to attack her based on the color of your skin. It's just like, well, it's not an easy thing. It's not like, you know, uh, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. It's just like, oh, so you're just going to attack her just based on the color of her skin, not the fact that you hate her as an actress or you don't like what she's doing in the right, show. You don't like the character. It's just like, right. you're not, Come on. you're not, you're not going after the main point of why you hate her. You're just going after like, her, her, a uh, part of her identity. It's and just like, that's a little too personal. It's just like, oh, like, really? You're going to attack that low? Like, at, at that point, kinda, you just cowardly. Yeah, at that point, you just got to admit you're stupid. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. It's like so backwards. It's just like, fuck, like, dude, like. If you can't make a solid argument as to why you dislike this character other than, you know, their appearance physically, and I'm sorry, but you're, you're, you're not capable of forming a. <laughs> critical thought in your head as yeah. to why you can't pinpoint you could say that maybe the writing's bad or maybe you felt that the character's arc was rushed or that the acting was maybe a little unbelievable you could say shit like yeah, that that's valid that's valid things those are valid criticisms because this is a craft and an art form and people you know are trying their best and sometimes if they don't hit the mark they don't yeah and and you know there's such a thing as uh, constructive criticism but you know and then there's also hate and I agree that that, and I'm glad that Ewan McGregor stepped up and said something about it. Leave it Obi Wan to try yeah, to save. Yeah, I, I was yeah. so glad, yeah, mm-hmm. that he actually stepped up, which is you know the best thing to do. Like you got to defend like the person that you work with, like for yeah, they, hours. I mean, they all they all stepped on board and kind of went on Twitter and like said some things about yeah, you know her, and you know what sucked is even before 
they released Obi-Wan, they told her and they warned her, like, hey, this is a possibility, you know? And it just sucks that it ended up happening. But, I mean, I think, I feel like that confrontation and Ewan McGregor kind of talking about it and saying, hey, don't be assholes. You're not a real fan of Star Wars. You know, if you think this way, I think that's a great pivotal moment in Star Wars history as far as production-wise. Because that's no, that, like, that has never happened before, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... The hate definitely did happen, and it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, some actors get attacked, like, uh, for instance, like, in The Last Jedi, the the actress that played Rose, like, she got attacked, you know, and it's just like, I mean, you don't like it. Just... That's another thing. They just did, they did poorly write, they poorly wrote for the character, but yeah. it had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it had nothing to do with them personally, so it's just like. Immature again, people. A low, yeah, just a low blow, like, just very cowardly and all that. Um, but I mean, aside from all that, like, <laughs> there's a lot of good, like, uh, supporting characters and a lot of good actors, like, in the series that we didn't mention. Um, uh, what's his name? Is it Isaiah or Isaiah? Um, no, oh, sh- damn it, Ice Cube's son, he was in it. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah, he was cool, he was good to have him. Was he? he- which one was he? Was he? He the, was the one whose wife the, died. His wife no, no, died. His wi- he, wait, that was his wife. No, his wife had died. They got his wife died by the Grand Inquisitor. They're like, oh when yeah, I, he, okay. So like, it was when after the part where they're in the hole that they're being held in the the warehouse droid wait, that, comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was gonna ask. That was his wife, the pilot. So someone had died. That wasn't the the pilot wasn't his wife, but okay. the Grand Inquisitors had killed. His wife or the Imperials had killed his wife. Oh, I didn't know about and that. And that's that's why he says, "Oh, when you ask me, do I know the power of the Imperials? Yeah, because they took away my wife." Ah. And then at that point, it was like it wasn't a fight for just um, protecting Leia and Obi Wan. It was a fight for standing up against, you know, the Imperials yeah. who had killed his wife. You know? Huh? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So it's more of a cause. Um, I know who we haven't talked about yet. That one lady, the one, um, the one that was disguised as like a imperial uh, general or some shit. Tala Durith, I believe that was her name. And yes, she she was the one who was harboring in the the the. She uh, helped him out in the that. Jedi's. Yes, yeah, she, I like her. She's, she was I a like, great character. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was super cool, mm-hmm. and just the way that she just kind of like um, uh, uh, again we we're talking about that same episode. She kind of held her own because she was just like, oh, you don't have clearance in this. And then she just kind of like defended herself, like acting the part. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that shit was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that actress. She's actually from Game of Thrones. I recognized her. Mm. I was just like, oh, yeah, she's from Game of Thrones. Um, what did you guys think about uh, Kumail Nanjiani? Oh, he was he was cool. I mean, he was like a... Well, he was a shyster, but he's little, Yeah, he was like a shyster, but also he was a bit of a comic relief. Comic relief, but he was still had a heart of gold, you know? He still, yeah. he still was doing... Well, I mean, because he got called out. And yeah. then after, <laughs> after that, he's like, okay, well, let me change my tune a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and ended up helping he's them like, in the end. I'm pretending to be a Jedi, and I got caught. I might as well at least try to live up to the name in some way, shape, or fashion. Almost kind of make up for the fact that he had been pretending to be like that and taking advantage of people. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was like he kind of felt bad and was like, all right, well, let me actually do something now. 
you know? Yeah, doing mm-hmm. some good right there. Who, uh, I I was surprised when I saw him in the credits of that one of one of the episodes. Zach Braff. Wait, was what? Obi-Wan. Yeah, from Scrubs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's, he was Freck. He was that Freck. mole dude in that little freighter. Oh, he did what? the voice. Yeah, I didn't really? recognize him at first. And they're like, oh shit. And then I saw I the credits that. that says Zach Braff, and we're like, wait, was he that dude? And we're like, holy shit, we have him to beat it. And we're like, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, <laughs> another tidbit for you, I dude, guess. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that whole that mole guy that mm-hmm. when they when they get jump on the transport, that, they that hitchhike. Was, that's cool that they introduced yeah. a new species now because yeah, I haven't seen yeah. the mole. The mole I mean, practical, yet. also a practical mm-hmm. suit, practical, practical you know, yeah. practical effect, and he ended up being like one with the Imperials. Yeah, you know, it's almost like you know when he pulled up to the checkpoint, he was like, "Oh yeah, I brought these two. I don't know, maybe you should check them out." Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a yeah. sympathizer in that yeah, sense, exactly. he was a big supporter. He was a sympathizer. Huh? Is that pretty crazy? Um, huh. thinking about that episode it was kind of cool because like when they went into like that um that checkpoint, he. They all literally get murked, and then that one stormtrooper goes through, like, the fence and chops them in half. <laughs> and then I thought, like, yeah, like, not only just him getting chopped in half, but also, like, hands getting chop- chopping off. It's just like, yeah. oh, now it's getting a little bit more violent. Right? Yeah. You know, like, that's what I wanted to see. I was just like, oh, like, we've been seeing, like, the fucking sequels, and none of them lose limbs at all. It's like that stormtrooper got cut in half. I'm like, damn, it was enough that he cut Darth Maul in half. You need to cut <laughs> <laughs> This dude too. Come I mean, on. he just shot him. He didn't mean to. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that Obi Wan's resorted to using the the gun. You know the oh, yeah. blaster. Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole thing. He's like, it wasn't as because he talks shit about blasters in A New Hope. He's in like it's you know, it's not random and what he said random and loud or whatever like a blaster is. And he talks about the yeah, I remember that. It's a weapon it's like or more, yeah. or enlightened age or something to that effect. Yeah. But. I don't know, and then seeing him do that, and then having him go to the Neon City, I did get a lot of Blade Runner vibes for sure from his character yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, he was more like a grizzled, like private eye type mm-hmm. in this, which yeah. is kind of cool too. I really did dig that. What they did with the character and what they did with this arc was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool uh, man. Anything else? That's it. I mean, I'm pretty full on this. I can't wait for the if they end up doing another series on this. They are doing something. Andor. The rev the remnants or the rev the revenants. Something like I think that. The, I think the last thing I saw was like they're doing an Andor series. Yes, they're doing Andor. Which I feel like they're putting more production value on that than this series for some reason. So this is about the inception well, of the, the of the rebellion. Yeah. Now that we're gonna see. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the trailer for that because I it seems like from what I heard, I think they're not using virtual production on that one. Okay. So I think they're using like actual real locations on. And this is gonna star Diego Luna. Yeah. Yes. Back in the role as like Andor, so mm-hmm. it's like. It looks like there's already a teaser trailer out for it. I think. Yeah, I saw it. And uh, so there's also really good. Skeleton Crew, right? Was that the other one? You guys hear about that one? Uh. That one is. I heard about something. It's gonna be a continuation of Rebels, from my understanding. Yeah. I. There's also gonna be like a uh, Rogue Squadron movie mm-hmm. with like pilots, and it's gonna be directed by the uh, same director There's as Wonder Woman. Was it gonna, was that one gonna be called like Red Leader? Or something Jenkins. like that. Rob, uh, what was it called? Rogue Rogue oh, I Squadron. I think it's just called Rogue Squadron. Or yeah, something. Rogue Squadron. But I think it was yeah. canceled. 
Really? I might have to double check because I was looking forward to, to that one yeah. too because that one was going to have Wedge in it more and Wedge. and Captain Antilles and all that. And I thought that was going to be kind of uh, neat. Yeah, more. Yeah. Well, those old exact. Forrest Whitaker is going to be in the Andor series too. Really? Uh, as Saul Guerrero. Yeah, Saul Guerrero. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And Alan Tiddick, who you know, played Alan Pirate Tiddick. in Dodgeball. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know who else he was, though, right? Mm, he was this guy. Yeah, but I know. But, okay, you know that he was nice. a chicken in Moana, right? Oh, no. What? Really? Yeah, he's a chicken in Moana. <laughs> That's funny. But more importantly, he was also King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. K2SO. Yes, K2SO. Remember the, uh, the droid? Yeah. Yep. He's badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. That was such a good... Like, I, heard, I heard, like, when Rogue One came out, um, I think it was at the premiere, he had a talk with... Um, uh, and what's his name? The guy that plays that was in the suit for like three CPO or basically plays Tony Daniels. Yeah, Tony Daniels. Yes, he had a whole talk with him, and he said like, "Oh, how did it feel to put on the suit?" And he thought it was like CGI, and he said like, "Oh, I didn't. I was just like in stilts and like you know motion capture. I didn't have to be in the suit." Mm-hmm. And he just looked at him. He says, "Fuck you!" And just <laughs> walked away. <laughs> 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 There's a tidbit for you. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine C-3PO telling you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, oh, you know, I have to go through the same process as me. It's like, oh, oh my. that. <laughs> like, you ain't shit, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I bled for this movie. Exactly. <laughs> I bled for this whole fucking Blood, franchise. sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool, man. So what are you guys' final thoughts on the beers after finishing it? You feel buzzed? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty buzzed. I, I'm pretty good. I like it. I'm all right. I think it's it's a good sipping beer for sure. Um, you pair it with a lot of stuff because it's pretty it's pretty easy going. It doesn't have that harsh a bite to it at all. So I could see why this was an award winner. So good job, Coronado. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a, a really beer. good yeah. beer. It's a good beer. Good one. Once it got warm for me, it kind of tasted like it didn't taste too good. But oh, you know, you gotta drink it cold, <laughs> baby. Warm, gotta drink it cold. Wait, you don't drink your beer warm? We did when we went to um. The Pelican Inn in San Francisco, the beer was kind of warm there. What? It was good. Pelican Inn. Yeah, that's when we went to San Francisco to the the Pelican Inn, where those guys were playing frisbee golf. Those old guys in the parking lot. Oh. <laughs> that was awesome. That shit was cool. I was like, y'all, you, y'all must be from the same freaking um, uh, same school or something. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for final thoughts? Um. Yeah, uh, my final thought is um, gonna eat. I mean, there's some things that what the dog is licking him. <laughs> oh yeah, he totally wants to eat his face. He's a good. Okay, seriously. Um, I guess my final thought is that, like, I, I know for a fact. I know, like, you know, this isn't a really a perfect series. But it's definitely something to check out. Because in the beginning, I was like, okay, whatever. And I feel like there was a challenge and there was a task there that they were trying to do with, like, the story, you know? Because nobody wanted to see, like, sad old Obi-Wan not having his group back. But, I mean, like, you kind of need to, like, mature with your stories and not be about, like, the badass of we want because that's not what we got. Like, what we got was something, like, different, something more, that... It was more human. We've, yeah. It it was something that we've... 
wanted to see as a sort of like a reflection of like you know people dealing with trauma dealing people with like you know the repercussions of like what happened uh and it's definitely cool to see like you know like in the beginning of the series when it began you get episode we get like a recap of episode three so it's just like to remind fans like you know Mm -hmm. remember this like this is what happened this right after episode three with our journey with obi-wan and you know shit on it all you can i mean there's certain things i don't like about it but there's a lot of things that you know there's definitely there because after this conversation like there is definitely a certain context in there and perfect or not like just watch something without having to be completely like off-putting even if you don't like the littlest things just like watching kind of think about it like kind of really reflect on what they're trying to do because i know this is all talk about like how disney plus is having only to put content as opposed to you know put out something that's like thoughtful and reflective yeah you can see something like content like they're doing like star wars series out there but also like they're kind of putting in their work like you're talking about like a director like deborah chow who's been, like, in different, like, critical um, acclaim series. And, you know, I think just putting a little bit more thought into, like, her work and certain projects that she's in and she's involved. And, yeah, also the writers, too, in some sense. You know, like, it's not the perfect plot, but at least there's something there. You know, like, don't shit on it completely. You've seen worse. <laughs> what's, what's your level of, of, of your scale? For it, like a have, ranking. Yeah, well, do you guys have an on on? We don't really have a ranking. We just what? talk about like. Possible. I mean, out of I ten, guess, yeah. I guess. Out of ten. You guys don't have a ranking. Could we do like a point? Wait, could we do like a ranking? How we do with the beers? Like we do it out of system? five. Yeah, like a quarter system with pipes. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um. I would say like a three point seventy five. That's what I would say too. Yeah. I mean. This is the thing, is like, if you like Darth Vader, he's one of your favorite characters, you have to watch this series, because you see him be frightening again like he was in Rogue One. And in New Hope. And in New Hope, and you see kind of um, just Hayden Christensen play him out, out again, and you, you just, it all comes back, you know, and seeing how powerful he is, and seeing the, like some of the practical effects and some of the new places and zones and areas where you see Obi-Wan, it's like, it's dope. And it's dope that they're adding to this. Even if you do, like you say, see it as content or whatever, like it's important to watch it. If you're, you, you like these characters because it shows you more about them and it shows you more about like why they did what they did, the choices that they made, why they became who they became in Leia's case. Um, and you know, Ultimately, why Obi Wan decides to go back and and really start helping the rebels again, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think I think all in all, it's it's a freaking it's a dope series, and yeah, and like I said, if you like Darth Vader, this is definitely a series to watch. Don't just watch it for Darth Vader; watch it for I like it. <laughs> I I actually really liked it. I mean, I loved Obi Wan; he's always been my favorite Jedi, but uh, this. You know, it's more fleshing out some things that, you know, there's these long questions that as a fan for years you had, and now you were finally getting some answers. And, you know, they're answers that were some thought was actually put into. It wasn't just, you know, like just a cash grab, which, you know, it's, it's, 
where everybody wants to go to with these things and say like like you're saying it's content you know they're just making something to put in for this time slot and this time this part of the year to get x amount of views and in that respect you know i i get it uh but i don't think that that was the case with this show i think the show like they actually did care they did they did their fair amount of research and try to appease as many of the fans as possible and I think in part that also has to do in, in big part to the creative heads, you know, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. Good Lord, that man, you know, they, they, they're trying their best to do justice. Yeah. Dave Filoni's the one that's in charge of Star Wars now. Yeah. yeah. And rightly so. I mean, that dude, that dude earned, has earned it because I've, you know, since Clone Wars, cause he's been doing the writing for that stuff. He's actually, he really cares about the content that's being put up, you know? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't just a writer and just got a job. He was a fan. And this is a world that he loved, and then he decided to, to help develop yeah. it. He's going with it with thoughtfulness and consideration. Yes, and that is well. I am starting to watch the Clone Wars now, so I'm watching all those. I'm watching all those. In the dog appreciates that. He yes. loves. He's a fan of it. Yes, watch Clone Wars if you haven't watched it, folks. If you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Just watch it. It's a long show, but it's a good one. A lot more Definitely. questions get answered for sure, and yeah. it's canon until Disney says so. It's canon. Cool, man. Let's hit the button. Cool. First off, I want to thank our returning guests, my bro, for coming on with us again and having a great time talking in depth about Obi-Wan. You can catch us on Instagram at GoldenCraftCast. And also, please, please reach out to us. Tell us what you think. Tell us what we should cover next. You know, uh, tell us about beers. Tell us about shows. Tell us about movies. Tell us about music. We got you, baby. Tell us about Star Wars. Yeah. This is, uh, obviously, this is going to be an ongoing series with Star Wars, so it's more to come. We'll see you guys with Andor, with Ahsoka, with whatever content that's like Disney Plus is going to pull out. We'll watch it all, so you don't have to. No, please watch it. Watch it so that way you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Always know when we we do these Star Wars ones, watch them before. Definitely. Please. Definitely. All right, people. Everything that we ever do. Cheers right. to the craft. Cheers. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Farewell there. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> then. Goodbye. Picked it up, lifted, and reversed it. There you go. <laughs> All right.